Hello out there. What's up, campers? Can anybody listening? <laughs> Can anybody listening? Is anybody looking to find me inside the logs again? <laughs> no. Relax, relax, relax. Is this like I'm you hiding in a bunker soon? This is not it. I'm laying by the campfire <laughs> in the afternoon. <laughs> I'm drunk, I'm drunk, I'm you drunk. You already f- failed with the, is anybody listening's? Is everybody watching's? I Does like anybody Pink Floyd. suck the day away? <laughs> suck the day away, that was her biggest hit. Why does Pink Floyd, uh, wh- where's that coming from? We're talking about Welcome summer camp. How does that correlate? To the machine. Yeah, I don't get that. Well, that's the first thing I think of when I think of summer camp. Is Welcome to the Machine? Mm-hmm. And Tearing Down the Wall. It's Tearing Down the Wall. That's, it's not Tearing Down it's the Wall. It's called Tearing... It's like Burning Down the House. So it's that's like the burning talking, down the wall. Talking, dead. talking Deads. Yep. The Talking Deads. Burning Down the Wall. Bring down... That's what he's... Mr. Gorbachev, <laughs> take down that wall. That was the Pink Floyd song. No. Mr. Gorbachev. You're messing on my generation Mr. here with your wrong interpretations. Gorbachev, tearing down my walls. <laughs> You're breaking down my fortress of pain. Well, besides this like weird pain. correlation, uh, what else is going on? We're talking about some uh, camp stuff, Eating aren't we? sandwiches. Yeah. Making money. Make money. Count dollars. Having some fun in the sun. In the homemade summer. pickles. Homemade pickles. We did have homemade pickles today. Homemade pickles in my sandwich. Cool. Let's uh, let's talk about a wet hot American summer. Well, if for those that don't know, we've never even heard of it. Maybe we might have a little try. <laughs> Yay. Of a movie called Wet Hot American Summer. It came out in 2001. The original. But, well, and we should preface this by saying this is a Harold and Modcast go to summer camp episode, amongst other things. Yeah, it's the Topeka of the summer. It's the first week of August. Gonna have a little party in the summer camp. And we're gonna, yeah, so Wet Hot American Summer was a film that was that came out in 2001 starring Amy Poehler, Paul Rudd, Bradley Cooper. Well, it's actually, it was like produced and written by what was a comedy group called The State, which ended up to be a comedy sketch show on Comedy Central for a short period of time, which was David Wayne, Michael Showalter, Michael Ian Black. Mm-hmm. Michael Showalter and Michael Ian Black had Michael versus Michael or Michael and Michael, the show that was also short-lived. Mm-hmm. But uh, for this recent Netflix like season release of Wet Hot American Summer... It was directed by David Wayne, written and direct, uh, written uh, by David Wayne, Michael Showalter, and produced by Michael Ian Black or Michael Showalter and David Wayne. Okay, and so it's the same group except they have like full. That's the thing about Netflix. You yeah. do Netflix, you get full freaking creative control, and they clearly had it because they went to places that on television they probably would have like made them stop like right. with the sort of absurdity of some of the jokes yeah there was which made me laugh yeah. so hard because like i'm so happy to see that they can make comedy like that sort of 
absurd and yeah. sort of silly in parts and make it really funny it was really funny it was that's the thing that we should say is that it was really it's fucking vi- funny well and we should also say we didn't really like the first one i mean the first one was kind of the like the original it, it, i in fact when i heard that they were going to do this because it's 14 years later yeah and it, it, i kind of was like okay was that that popular but everyone in it has now become super famous yeah and a lot, there's a cult following for the original i feel like a lot of it may be just sort of hipster retroactivity it's gotta be because well, it's not that funny i've never sat through the whole thing i've tried mm. to watch it stoned i've tried to watch it sober <laughs> i've tried to watch it in a car i've tried to watch it in a bar i tried to watch it on the stairs i watched it with uh, my butt hairs <laughs> i even smooched a little butt i even kissed a happy guy and then I watched him <laughs> jump off a cliff, and then I sadly watched him die. That makes no sense. Yeah, it's a bud, dude. So yeah, I didn't get through I, it either. I never really got through it, and yeah. so I, I have to say, when they announced it, I'm like, "That's nice. That's cool that they're going to do it on Netflix because clearly it's uh, original content. You can mm-hmm. watch it all at once. It had some things going for it. You know, it's the whole cast, and that we should say it, it's also a prequel. So they're playing all their same characters, <laughs> but, but 15 years, years older. Yeah, yeah, and they're still like these teenage counselors, but they're all in their early 40s or older or older a lot of them are in their mid to late 40s late 40s early 50s some of them you know it's hilarious it's so like just that alone sets the tone for the rest of this this eight episode season which was hilarious man yeah like i watched the first episode i'm like okay this is funny and then i watched just that second uh the opening scene of the second episode that when I was, I was like, okay, once they introduced Elizabeth Banks' character and Jordan Peele yeah. and Paul Shear and like, there's all these like, oh, and the, Abby the, Elliott. Yeah, that was like Rock and Roll World magazine, yes. <laughs> which is basically Rolling Stone right. in the early '80s. It's just so funny, just the way they do that. Like, we can't do a summer camp. Yeah, you can't do that. You can't, you can't do a summer camp. What are you oh yeah, about? we should also say it's set in 1980. 1981. Okay, right, 1981. And so when is the actual movie set? A little bit I don't later know. in the 80s. Maybe yeah. 82 okay. or 83, probably. Wait, and for me, you know. That's literally when I was in. I was in camp yeah. in 1981. So I was a camper with the socks and 19, the high shorts, with the socks and the shorts, and the music and the tape yes. decks and the fucking yeah, and the rainbow jeans, the rainbow jeans with the the high waisted rainbow jeans. Yep, and smoking a cigarette for the first time and kissing a little dinger for the first yeah, time. Yeah, all that, all that shit. And they really handled it. They handled the tone and all of the sort of uh, peripheral set pieces and stuff like mm-hmm. perfect. And there was another thing that I really found to be endearing to this was they sort of did right what Arrested Development did wrong, where they had a lot of sort of out of the blue cameos from famous comedic mm-hmm. actors and dramatic actors but it wasn't sort of resting on that it wasn't like look who we got in this scene right. whereas Arrested Development I felt like th- they substituted what was once genius writing and production with just sort of cheap cameos like of, Entourage did like Entourage even to a did. worse extent but yeah which sucks because Entourage never had like a brilliant run originally right. you know what I mean like people like it because it's celebrity porn right. but that's what it is whereas Arrested Development it was never celebrity right. porn, but I feel like when they produced it for Netflix, again, mirroring, mirroring what uh, Wet Hot American Summer also did mm-hmm. to do it on Netflix, sort of, uh, I guess you could say independently, but, you know, however Netflix works with when you're working with them creatively, uh, I feel like what 
how Arrested Development got it wrong, what American Summer got really right. Yeah. And it just sort of added to, again, the absurdity of the whole it thing <laughs> and how funny everyone committed to like oh these my gags God, and these jokes. They set a tone. It was fucking hilarious. And like silly little gags like Michael Schoenwalder is he's like obsessed with like he thinks Lake Bell's his girlfriend. Lake Bell's like yeah. Or she's, I guess she's his girlfriend but she plays this funny part where there's this other guy that she sort of likes instead and she never commits to letting him know that they're really in a relationship so and he you just never keeps know. Go- he keeps going along like this yeah. is my girlfriend but like but there's not. so many things but to, to her they're not and there, there, there's the, the Ford Exchange student who's like hot and dark and mysterious the, is it, it, with this heavy like, accent and and know, she, gives, so far. she gives Michael like the a so present far, yeah. yeah she gives him this hat like one of those like you she know, gives him the, the, the ram's horn fucking uh, oh she gives him that too first and then everyone has everyone one. has one like, in camp he thought it was special but the hat's hilarious as a gag because well we should say michael small. showalter gained a bunch of weight oh yeah he doesn't look the same as compared to how he looked in wet out american summer the original and just like all the other stuff he's yeah. done he's like 50 pounds heavier you can't which not like funny. it's hilarious because he's still playing the same character yeah. which is so funny in the coop you right. know and he has that fucking bowl haircut first she gives him a puka shell necklace <laughs> Yeah. Like, that looks he really wears cool. That all the time. Yeah, because everything shirt. she gives to him, he wears it. Like, you're, I have great <laughs> arms. Why don't you roll up your sleeves like that? <laughs> He's like these pasty, flabby arms. <laughs> like this hat, it doesn't even fit at all. It just sort of sits on the top of his fucking yeah. fat head. It's, and it's like, he looks really it's good so that way. funny. Yeah, He's it's, like, it feels a little small. It feels like kind no, of small. It's great. Like it's and he wears it. Yeah. It looks ridiculous. And he, just, like, and he commits. Every, yeah, and everything she gives to him, though, he continues to wear throughout the rest of the series. <laughs> yeah. So, like, every time time he has a new sort of accessory it's sort of a part of his mm-hmm. outfit for the rest of the show so she just keeps adding these ridiculous things and by the end of it, he's wearing like this vest yeah. on top of this like <laughs> red awesome. silk shirt and, like, and then he has an earring in his ear like wow coop you're really going for it he's like yeah you know she gave me this and said it looked really cute yeah. looking cool it's, it's, you're it's, really going for it that's yeah, right they do really say that that was so funny like, with his style is so funny and i mean everybody and their mom is in it and, and i don't really fault them for it at any no, point and they all come like you know who really surprised me who was hilarious is christopher Chris maloney. maloney yeah totally from law and order series you know yeah, and, and he, a bunch of other as, stuff yeah. yeah and he's everyone talked about him like in the cast because it's they're sort of it's almost like a reunion like yeah. getting back together because all those ones and like he's sort of i guess financially the most successful out of all of them because of is that he? yeah he is he actually is among all of them because that fucking what, show bradley cooper no, probably. I mean, yeah. Bradley Cooper's got to be worth some. Money. I don't know though. That syndication Law and Order buddy is probably yeah, that's right. millions probably some... of dollars. Well, well John they... Hams in it too. He's yeah, probably worth yeah, he's, some. I, bucks. I bet you that TV well, what about buddy Chris though. Pine? Chris, you know Chris Pines. I don't know. I don't a know. Huge movie star. So what, man? These move the what they dole out for some of these actors until they can yeah. charge twenty million a film. I don't know. They were talking about how like Chris Maloney like took a private play to the set and shit. Like they really? joked about it. Yeah, I don't know if that's true or not. But there's a like, like yeah, he could afford that. That's funny kind of lifestyle. Well, he was very funny. And and Chris he Pine, had a huge part too, though. Chris Maloney, we should he say did, he had a huge he part so as the funny. cook, as the camp cook, and he's so fun. But he's also kind of like this ex seal or well that's what he something. was in the show in the movie he's like an ex yeah military yeah. becomes a you know intense sort of 
uh, you know, cafeteria cook, cafeteria chef. It's hilarious. It's very funny. And Molly Shannon's in it, and Weird yeah. Al is in it. Weird Al is a cameo. Jason yeah. Schwartzman and H. John Benjamin and Michael Sarah. Yeah. Like they have Chris Pine is in it, like you said. And, and Chris Pine was surprisingly really funny too. He yeah. plays this kind of like Jim Morrison guy who goes yeah. up, who's sort of lost, who's there's a, a a cabin that they well, have. We should say that Elizabeth Banks' character goes undercover right. for Rock and Roll World magazine yes. to get the real story about camp counseling. Yeah. Or like kids. <laughs> camp like, counseling. He's like, give me 5,000 words on summer camp. <laughs> it's like, you're taking a risk out there. So and so, you're crazy. But that was the funniest. It's, and she's like, I got to blend in. And like, with I'm these, 24. I'm only 24. 16. Yeah. She's actually 42. Yeah, however old she is in real life. I'm only 24, but I could still pass for 16. That's hilarious. Oh, everything about it was just very funny. But and she kind of ends up hooking up with Chris Pine's character. She un uh, uh, did, like sort of digs up the story on him and his band and how right. they had their first big break at the summer camp, yeah. which again is hilarious. I know. You know what I mean? <laughs> like their big shot break and there's a record executive at the summer camp show <laughs> <laughs> offers them a record deal. I forget what happens. Like the band dies in a bus crash or he's the only one that survives or something like this. No, he kind of like he becomes he a recluse. He becomes a recluse because he doesn't want to do it anymore. They keep wanting him to do it. Is that what it was? Yeah. I forget. But either way, he's like, basically, there's this like abandoned cabin on the campgrounds. Right. And she's like, what's that, you guys? And like, oh, we don't talk about that. We can't. I just, I can't. I can't talk about that. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just so funny. And so she investigates and goes in. And then she's told the story of how like he. The ghost of him is there. Yeah, or something. exactly. He really is there. And he is there. And he has all of this like really like like studio grade <laughs> equipment in there, like a mixing board and a reel to reel. And she had and guitars and amps. Cabin. <laughs> Camp cabin just lives in there it's fucking ridiculous it's so funny it is funny though it's the funniest thing i want to watch it again I know. it's very it's, funny you can watch. i mean it, there's a couple moments we talked about this where they go a little too far and it's the, a gag little, just doesn't the gag work. doesn't work but for the yeah. most part they and the whole there's a whole like show you know there's the theater the camp play that they put on and yeah Amy roger Poehler. sterling the character plays roger sterling yeah. in madman is is the he's claude van dingus or whatever yeah. and he's like the fucking actor Corky, yeah Corky. The, Corky is his name? No, he's like the, you know, from like Waiting for Guffman. Oh, yeah, he's like Corky. the Corky from yeah. Waiting for Guffman kind of character. Yeah, exactly. Like, and Amy Poehler and Bradley Cooper are the ones who are kind of running that. And they're together, but they've been a couple. But Bradley Cooper turns out to be gay. With Michael Ian Black. Yeah. Which is hilarious. <laughs> which is so funny. Because they like bond over Zoot Suit. Yeah. Which is like a moment in this stupid play called Electro City that like Paul Rudd's character, who's like the bad boy on the thing. Yeah. It like ends up auditioning to get closer to the female interest. Right. And the whole section of there's the, there's basically whatever character that is that Paul Rudd is after. Her character has a boyfriend who's played by Josh Charles. Mm-hmm. And like the whole like section of that storyline is just them looking through binoculars at Camp Firewood the whole time. Yeah, yeah. Camp Tigerclaw oh, yeah, across yeah, the water. Yeah. Like, their whole, like, interaction with them is just through binoculars on, like, some fucking porch or deck like watching <laughs> Paul Rudd and watching his girlfriend with binoculars like the fucking upper class guys right, who, like play, yeah they play croquet and they right. badminton and crew and shit and Kristen Wiig is in it too oh that's right she's one of the preppies yeah. but I mean they really nailed it because I, I gotta tell you it was I felt very nostalgic in a lot of ways watching it especially the the camp play section because even so down to the 
songs that we would use to audition at the time they yeah. had in there and then the whole preppy camp thing that would that's that was real yeah the there preppy was the camp. preppy camp yeah. and then the uh, the other camp yeah the freaking baddies bears camp they totally nailed i mean it felt like i was going back in time to my own camp experience it that's was really funny, funny. Yeah. yeah yeah it's cool that you could relate to that i mean i mean that's who that's the the guys that produced and wrote it are your age yes so, so they that like, would be their experience right from then yeah. yeah from their experience and then anyone who's not didn't grow up with that age can really like appreciate yeah. that era of style and that era of music and dress and culture. Yep. It's just so funny. <laughs> it's so funny. Janine Garofalo is very funny in she it. She is and funny in it. H. John Benjamin becomes a fucking talking can of mixed oh, yeah. vegetables like because of the toxic yeah, there's toxic, there's toxic waste, waste in dump. the woods like, and, and reagan does it they find out that president reagan's responsible who's for also it. played by michael showalter yes. it's just hilarious and yeah it actually kind of really looks like him yeah they did good makeup for him it was very yeah. funny yeah the story's absurd but you but, buy it but you do because yeah. they commit to it a hundred percent and it's just so silly and funny and absurd yeah, it's so funny. I'm really glad that they went that way and that they, you know, who, the powers that be, like, let them, unquote, go that far yeah. out with it. Because it's some, some, some of the funniest stuff I've seen, like, episodic in forever. Uh, you're right. I feel. I, I'm trying to point to something out that I was like, oh, I always watch that and it always makes me laugh. But There was, aren't a lot. I mean, no. there's a lot of great content on streaming and broadcast TV right yeah, now. Yeah, I feel like I always find something funny somewhere, but 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 it's more on the drama side. I think I don't think there's well, as TV, much yeah. funny stuff. You know? No, no, like network comedies aren't really working anymore, and there isn't really like uh, I you know I, I sometimes I watch Key and Peele, I watch Inside Amy Schumer sometimes. Which both are funny. Both are funny, but they're sketch shows, right? You know what I mean? So yeah, but episodic. Yeah, this is really good episodic it is. it's a fun little summer thing yeah it's better than like the brink it's like a comedy episodic yeah we sort of started yeah. watching that and nah, didn't nah, stick nah. with it no i don't really don't really care <laughs> <laughs> i don't really care what happens on the brink yeah not not yeah, that interested it's all right it's fine but so this kind of got us to thinking about this is my style of comedy though yeah, I like stuff that really push the boundaries of what can be funny. Yeah, you do. Like, how much you can play along with it, right? You know, and still have it be funny. It's the best. It's my favorite thing to watch live. Yeah, like, from guys from stand up, and so for them to do something like that with this is a. Uh, uh, I'm happy to see it. It's refreshing. Yeah. It has like Python elements. It does, it does. Absolutely. The chase scene between Chris Maloney and the what's the name? Uh, Schwartzman. Oh my God. You should tell that because that was so funny. Was it Schwartzman though or was it John No, Hamm? it's... Um Mike Marino, it's Maloney. yeah, Mike yeah, Marino's Mike Marino's character who plays the like fucking buff doofus guy, who's the ladies' man, but not. But you find out he's which not. stereotypically is yeah. common, very funny. You know, it's a common thing. But yeah, the chase scene with Chris Maloney's like half run, yeah, and then that little like <laughs> low hanging branch root of a tree that like stops them. Yeah, they don't know how if to step over it or step crawl it. under it. They both end up crawling under it. Yeah, and, like and any if it was done any other way, like that stuff has to be delivered right. To really be funny versus like ah ha 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 get right. it like if it's done wrong you're like that's stupid if it's done right with the right actors in the right direction it's extremely funny yeah you know what I mean and like just the whole scene with, <laughs> with John Hamm he, John Hamm plays a hitman hired by Ronald Reagan to take out Judy Garofalo and Jason Schwartzman yeah. because they're on to the toxic waste dumping from this sort of like whatever Enron or Monsanto's mm-hmm. type company that's dumping 
toxic waste in a summer camp. Like, it's just so funny. And the funniest part, or when Jason Schwartzman just takes little spoonfuls of the toxic yeah, he's waste. eating it. And he's, like, figuring out what it is and where it's from. <laughs> he's like, hmm, hmm, oh, yes, yeah. Yeah, this is definitely Pulsar or whatever the company's and called. And it's green. It's like Slimer from Ghostbusters yeah. green. Yeah, it's really, and it's this big like vat pool or some fucking um, yeah, green sludge neon green sludge hot neon green sludge just in the grass <laughs> in the dirt like it's so funny and H that's how H. Benjamin becomes a can of vegetables as he falls right. in <laughs> holding a can of vegetables which is so funny it's and so like funny, the I next know. episode starts with him like slowly sinking into the toxic waste and he says all of those like stereotypical archetypal sort of like uh, follow the money <laughs> 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 and they're like what money how to save the camp yeah and like okay what, what do we do uh, get the code yeah. <laughs> like what code what code is it tell us that he's blah, 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 just like sinks in <laughs> and he comes back as a thing but I, I fucking off topic of john ham being a hitman hired to get them because yeah. they're on to this fucking you know whatever corporation and so john ham comes to um the small town and goes to a little like mom and pop convenience store right. and just that sequence <laughs> with like the fucking 1980s like punker kids walk in like who are you dickhead yeah <laughs> yeah who are you he's like who am i <laughs> my name's falcon i'm a hired assassin <laughs> by here to kill people to, for a cover up fire by ronald reagan they're like oh and then, <laughs> and then he like blows up the whole convenience store yeah. and like kills him it's just but he first like doesn't he kick them and he like, like knocks them all he does and, a like, leg they sweep. all fall yeah. <laughs> like it's just so funny it's very funny it's, well and also remember the nerd kid and the chase between the nerd kid when the nerd kid's running he's like don't leave where are you going and michael show oh, the, like, the camper out. yes because the kid gets like embarrassed by his like bunk mates right and, like runs out of the cabin and then michael go show other goes like catch up with him like wait dude like and wait little like, dude slow, and, like, yeah this like slow running run. jog like he's <laughs> yeah, chasing he would easily catch him yeah. but he's just like they're both going <laughs> they're like, both, like slow. Along with, they, so he like runs in a circle. He just come, <laughs> He's like, where are you going? Where are you going, bro? It's like, dude, you gotta stick up for myself. Yeah, what you think you should do is challenge him to a burping contest. Yeah, because that way I could earn their respect. And like, like, <laughs> <laughs> He's like, exactly. That's what you need to do. It was so funny, man. Like, it's just very funny. It is very funny. The way it's they silly. Cool, it's the way they silly. played on stereotypes of that those 80s era yes. movies of like the outsiders because eventually like the preppy campers yeah. or camp counselors meet the fucking socias and greasers right. basically and they have like a, a fucking brawl yeah you know <laughs> and then to like end the brawl chris pride gets on the roof with his guitar like i have a song everyone's like huh <laughs> and they all like stop fighting like mid brawl he's like it's about friendship <laughs> and they're like yeah and then they all start like waving their hands and he's like <laughs> singing were, like, the fighting. song yeah and he like but brings like, them so together it's movies. the most 80s yeah it's the most 80s it's fucking the it's best like we were saying i was saying that like karate kid like yeah. at the end they're like are oh, you all right daniel you're they all right beat the shit out of him the whole the movie, whole movie. you're terrorizing you're the me. best you're the Alone. best <laughs> and nothing ever gonna bring you yeah they're chasing him throwing rocks at him right. beating him up beating up his girlfriend and yeah. shit they're like hey you're okay with us okay sweep with the us. leg sweep the leg what's the other no thing no mercy body bag yeah, yeah. put him in a body put bag yeah. and he does and a little like, like crane kick friends. like all right yeah all right with us yeah daniel son yeah it's ridiculous 
it's so <laughs> funny. It's like so 80s. It's movie. so 80s. It's the best. It's, yeah. I love it. I love everything about that. It's like the way they have these ridiculous happy endings, man. Yeah. Like in like Lost Boys. I guess that's sort of an ambiguous ending where it's like, well, because what does he say at the end? The grandpa, he's like, yeah, we finally got rid of all them. He's like, that's it's the like, one thing. It's a great town if for it vampire. weren't for all the vampires. vampires. Yeah, but right. I can't stand the goddamn vampires. Yeah. One thing I could never stand about this place. Yeah. yeah. All the goddamn all the, vampires. Yep. And they're like, what? And it's like, don't you forget about me. No. Suck no, then they play people are strange. Lick on my butthole. <laughs> No. Butthole, lost boys are strange. People are strange. <laughs> Don't they play people are strange in that they movie play a bunch of times? People are strange at the end, right? Then in that thing. Yeah, people are strange. I think it's like Echo and the Bunnymen do. People it's are Echo. Strange. It's Echo and the Bunnymen's version of oh, the right. Doors. But yeah. then there's also fucking Michael Hutchison does a song of uh, In Excess. There's a on the uh, soundtrack. Oh yeah, it is. It's a yeah. great soundtrack. It's a great soundtrack. Cry, little sister. Cry. Roger and Roger Daltrey does a cover of Don't Let the Sun Come Down on Me. And then, of course, there's the fucking Tim Capello, I Still Believe, which is the greatest song ever made by anybody. That guy was like a fucking bodybuilder heroin addict. Really? Well, he was Tina Turner's sax player, right? My mom used to sweat and saw them live. Like She's like, he's the greatest performer. You love that scene where he's got his shirt off. the best scene. What's better than that? He's this fucking ripped, buff, greasy ponytail with like chains and accessories and his shirt off blowing a sax all like fucking sexy proud like how could you not who wouldn't be into that how do we start talking about lost boys is not relate wet hot american summer, no, it does not relate wet hot american like lost boys summer i guess we're gonna talk a little bit about some of our favorite Dinging. camp sh- movies i love the movie lost boys well i'm gonna tell you my favorite camp movies no better not even tell me so because this, this watching Wet Hot American Summer kind of made us nostalgic for camp movies, well, which are yeah. always fun. It's the peak of summer, you know? It was a total it, camp, you know, related program. So we got to thinking, like, in the history of uh, my, I guess, my generation versus your generation. Well, it really separates the generation. Like, because yeah. we talk a lot about how our, we're not really separated a lot in our conversations here. Not really. You know, we really, I mean, sometimes we have a different perspective or you yeah. know things that I don't know kind and of thing vice or versa. vice versa. Yeah, for but sure. This it's is cool. kind of one of the first times that it, we are really separated because it, it, summer camp is such a, and summer camp movies are such a time stamped thing. And they're coming of age, coming of age. type of Absolutely. movies for different generations each generation has their own they're kind of like high school movies yeah like what was your generation's high school movies versus mine yours are much cooler naturally but mine is the breakfast club mine is like fucking american pie you know what i mean yeah it's different right and actually american pie the first one is really the best of a shit bunch of like bring it on and True. Like all this in like jawbreaker jawbreaker was our my heathers is like a paling and yeah and heathers, heathers was my heathers and yeah exactly <laughs> exactly that's the difference i get jawbreaker and you get headers, yeah. you know. Um, so I'll so my I'll say my favorites uh, with uh, I'll go from three to one. So 
three, I got to go with Friday the 13th, the original. Came out in yeah. 1979. Scared the shit out of everybody. Scared the shit out of everybody. Nobody wanted to go to camp, just like nobody wanted to go in the ocean where Jaws. Exa- and I was of that generation where we were the scared to go stories, in the water, yeah. and then we were also scared to go to camp. And I had gone to Girl Scout camp when I was very little. Did um, you get like kicked out? I of did. Girl Megan camp? and I got kicked you out were together. A we were literally rascal. away in the mountains in New Hampshire, and, you and our a parents prank, right? had a, we played pranks. You did a prank, and it, people you scared, scared people. the shit out of that's hilarious. Girls. Yeah, and we got our parents had to come pick us up. I'll never forget my oh, dad's mad. face. Oh wow! And yeah. Mr. Sheehan's face. Really. <laughs> <laughs> what did you do? Why'd you tell the uh, listening audience, their captive audience, you our know, audience? I got. I would have to like talk to Megan, who was my, still is my best friend, my whole life. Um, I can't to exactly share. remember <laughs> what we did, but I know that it was the era of jason and that whole like scary shit and like the whole story with the hook you know the urban the hook on legend the door stuff but this stuff, was yeah. like these things were just coming to pass where people were talking about these scary things and we we pulled some harmless and this is the late pranks. 70s right or yeah yeah that's pretty cool man yeah early 80s yeah so um that was the period that's that so was funny. the period and then so that was i'd say that would i'd have to put that on my list and then the second which is a lot of people today won't know this movie but it was a big hit and coming of age movie at the time called Little Darlings mm-hmm. starring Tatum O'Neill and Christy McNichol and Matt Dillon, a young Matt Dillon Matt who was Dillon. kind of yes, yeah. who was kind of like the stud at the time and Christy McNichol who no one knows now but she was a huge young adult star at the time and Tatum O'Neill who you might know from like Rescue Me and also she did some stuff on Sex and the City but she was an Oscar winner for what, for, what was as a, she was Moon, the youngest right? person to win it yeah Paper Moon yeah. and she's Ryan O'Neill's daughter yeah totally and she was a big star and she had a real turbulent personal life too she had after but at the at the time she was still a big star and the two of them were like the these girls at camp and Matt Dillon like they had a, you know one of them had a crush on them and then the Tatum Manu char- character had a crush on Armand Asante, who was Armand in yeah, Asante, who was in the film and the like ultimate over actor. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. But it was it's like a girls' camp movie, so that was one that I loved at the time. And then number one, without a doubt, and I'm so lucky that this was in my generation is Meatballs. Yeah, with Bill Murray. Yeah. And it awesome. still holds up. Holds up as a really funny movie. It's great. Yeah. So. Um, oh yeah, Meatballs is hilarious. I don't know if it's streaming. I think you can rent it on Amazon Prime. But I mean, it's, Meatball, Meatballs always reminds me of Porky's, and Porky's is one of my favorite movies. Not a camp movie. But it's not. A, it's yeah. not like a high school. It's like an American Pie. Right. But it's way better. Yeah. But it just. I always. Whenever I think of Meatballs, I always think of Porky's. I almost mix the two up. But I. I one's camp and one's like high school. Yeah. But Porky's in like that era and Meatballs, where like oh the boys are looking at titties through a window. <laughs> you know, it's like that was. They a don't. Big there's hum- not. There's a little of that. Either I mean, there's an inevitable that in this, but it's really on the shoulders of Bill Murray's genius. Yeah, dude. And, and he's, he's kind genius. of the head counselor. And there's and there's a, the young um, nerd kid who's ostracized at camp, and he befriends him. And it's actually a sweet movie in addition to being hilarious. Yeah, yeah. So uh, those are mine. What about you? And it's funny because mine, they really like, I don't know how studios know how to do this generationally genera- uh, because mine really line up with uh, my 
you know, growing up as a kid. Mm. It's funny. And then I'm looking at all these other ones and like, man, I had like, there's so many sort of kids, sports, mighty ducks, little giants and all that stuff. But from my first, like just, just camp was heavyweights, which came out in 1995. And it totally was like, I was that age of the kids. They might've been a couple years older than me actually, but it was still, it was Keenan, Thompson uh-huh. of SNL fame, the kid who played Goldberg in Mighty Ducks, and it was basically oh, Fat okay. Camp, and so it's a camp movie, but instead of boy camp or girl camp, it's Fat Camp. Right. And I remember Fat Camp being a sort of big. The South Park did an episode on Fat Camp, mm-hmm. and it was a hilarious episode. But there was something so that resonated with me, mainly because at that age, yeah. I went through a fat phase, like oh, a genetic. You did? heavy phase yeah i wasn't obese i'm not i wasn't a like uh this day and age like epidemic obesity i was like if you look at my dad at the same age that many years ago we it's the same Mm -hmm. he looks exactly the same i was taller than everybody as a kid but i was also bigger than everybody Mm. and it was weird it lasted probably from like nine i'd say to 12 and then that summer of 12 to 13 i grew and i that was it and it was over but during the time it felt fucking permanent you know what i mean Mm -hmm. because from like three four five six seven eight i was just sort of like an average sized kid and then all of a sudden i just got heavy and i got round faced and like you can look at the pictures it's funny like looking back it's like fuck me i was like this phase (laughs) of being this sort of like rotund boy you know and so this movie really like struck a nerve and like it made me feel good about stuff and it made me feel like you know like a laugh at it and it's funny and i could relate to it because the leading kid this looked like a fatter me (laughs) 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 it's awesome yeah and then looking back on it i was like really i kind of want to go back and watch it again but looking back on it it's um directed by steve brill but it's written by judd apatow and steve brill oh really yeah and judd apatow's in it and uh ben stiller's in it jerry stiller's in it there's actually a lot of sort of like big sort of name and then paul feig who does all of the comedy movies pretty much he directs all of them he's doing uh ghostbusters he did bridesmaids he Mm. did he's the guy that does all of the movies he is also in it he's a plays one of the camp counselors no way and it's a really funny movie like it's a funny story and ben Stiller's character it's a it's basically like he's like one of those uber wounder fitness nut tv fucking richard simmons except without the fun gay aspects like he's in dodgeball kind of yeah okay yeah kind of like that actually yeah. except he doesn't own he probably does own a gym yeah okay. it's just it's like, like that except character. 20 years apart maybe yeah because this is, this is when did dodgeball come out uh, 2004, 2004 five, six. 5 yeah something so like that. just 10 years apart 10 okay. years apart but yeah and so what happens is whatever the camp gets bought out by like the mom and pop that sort of let them keep their chocolates under their pillow and stuff <laughs> you know and it's actually really clever because there's the one kid that it like runs the bank like mm-hmm. the underground chocolate fucking black market yeah. kind of thing like that there's little funny. it is funny and there's the one kid that's like shaving already and uh-huh. it was like a really fun they have like go-karts and they have remember the blob that like water fucking inflatable vessel thing where one guy, kid jumps onto the blob uh-huh. and then there's a kid sitting on the other side of it and it launches them into the water. Oh, okay. I remember looking at watching them and be like, that's the camp I want to go <laughs> to. Fuck. And like the food looked good and they were treated well and there's all these fun sports Aww. and shit and they're all these fat boys. You know what I mean? <laughs> and then there's like a cool girls camp across the way and I remember there's a point where they arrange a dance for the fat kids and the cool girls yeah. and like the cool boys come like, you guys are oh, fat. No, yeah, yeah. Sad. But then like one of the fat kids 
kids makes it so that everyone starts dancing and then the fat kids get to dance with the cool girls it's fucking cool but what happens is so they buy out the fucking camp from this like mom and pop whatever people and uh-huh. it's ben stiller's whatever company and he basically like wants to step in as like fitness guru and like whip these fat little right. piggies into shape and so they, the kids have to figure out what they're going to do with this fucking ben stiller oh. and paul feig and judd apatow because they're the, like the counselors that are still there like trying to deal with this right. guy and they're tra- he's like i need results you kids need to lose weight by the end of summer your parents are gonna be disappointed in my fucking blur the way i do things <laughs> and they ended up like i can't remember how it happens but they end up like tying him up and trapping him in like this old chicken coop or something <laughs> he's like behind barbed wire and they're feeding him like gross food and he won't really? eat it, like gross to him like pizza and stuff yeah. so i'm not eating fucking pizza i won't eat anything you know what i mean it, it sounds it, like his character in dodgeball it's a lot like yeah. it it's it is now that i didn't even think right. of it i never made that connection but yeah it's a fucking really it fun movie cool. at least it was when i was a kid and so yeah that would be the first one that stands out but then of course there's ernest goes to camp of course which yeah. was like for me that was a little early for it you, was though, a little early it? that was like the year i was born or like around that like late 80s you know mm-hmm. and so, but it was one of those movies that i didn't get into until i was old enough to watch movies and like under understand them but right. it was like that seven eight five six years ago yeah, yeah. before but it felt like a movie of my uh-huh. just you know because there was Ernest goes to camp and Ernest scared stupid and Ernest goes to jail so all the Ernest movies were a pretty big part of my child and then Beverly Hillbillies the movie all that was like stuff I watched as yeah. a kid you know and so that was a good one you know what's funny uh, about that to me is that I worked in a video store at the time that the Ernest movies were popular yeah and they were big renters and like just huge renters very popular and like that's that's my association with them is like renting them out to people renting them yeah my association is like being a child and watching (laughs) like Ernest goes to camp or Ernest uh, saves Christmas or something there were a million of them there was a ton of them I remember being like what the fuck why are people watching these stupid movies that character Ernest oh god there was one lady in the store who loved watching them too and she'd put them on and we'd be like no the store oh, yes. i'm sure at your age that was just a fucking oh, i nuisance. hated it yeah i hated it i thought Ernest scared stupid was so scary and cool no i was like this is fucking ridiculous it was not cool for it me. is ridiculous jim varney was cool though because he was a fucking like r- like horrible chain smoker was he and i guess he is said he died or did he yeah, die of he's, lung he's cancer long since yeah. dead but he he did do it where he would never on set smoke in front of any of the child actors well, or kids and stuff yeah i mean that's good and, and just at all in front of people like, yeah because he was known as this character beloved by kids yeah which is pretty that's uh, pretty cool redeeming not that he needs to be redeemed for any reason uh and then the last one which is sort of like part camp part just movie i liked as a kid was adam's family values yeah and that's i associate that as a camp it's movie, pretty definitely. kind of is there's a great camp sequence in yeah it. yeah when like basically it's joan cusack's like evil black widow character sends wednesday and pugsley to a summer camp yeah. because they sort of get on to her because she's gonna marry uncle fester then kill him right and so she sends them off to this sort of like super high and tight kind of summer camp that's run by that creepy guy that's in everything he's in he's in ghostbusters and he's in he's a really good character actor and he plays the a creep really really well oh is he the epa agent in ghostbusters no no he's the one that uh uh is sort of taken over and hypnotized by the painting in the second movie or is that the first movie he's, i don't know where is he? Uh, you uh, you would instantly recognize okay. him. 
uh, but regardless, it was just oh yeah, it's Christine Baranski. Oh yeah, the she's one counselor, the one counselor, and it's just like all of like overachievers, right. camp, Basically, like we're all white and happy and smiley, and we do everything yeah. by the book, and we play this way, and we don't play that way. And oh, who is he? Fuck. Well, yeah, I mean, and oh, then David I. Pierce. It's in it? yeah, he's in it. Isn't he the other counselor? No, no. It, the other counselor is that guy that oh, I'm trying okay. to fucking... Oh, Peter McNichol. That's oh, who it is. Oh, from Ally McBeal. Yeah, he's yeah. in lots of stuff. He's, yeah, he plays... He, that, he plays creepy really Janusz good. Janusz in, in Janusz. Ghostbusters 2. He plays Janusz. Yes. <laughs> Janusz is the counselor. Okay, yeah. Like, everyone's like, we don't do that here. Yeah, he's hilarious like, you that. can't have that in this camp. In this camp, we all eat, you know, fucking organic and we all <laughs> suck each other's uh, ding-dongs. Yeah, and then doesn't she at the end, um, like they have to do a show, and she does like this gory, yeah, they, like, a gory rendition of uh, Pilgrim's Thanksgiving, right? And they take it and flip it, and like, oh, what happens is there's like a whole group of like special needs campers that Penn State right. befriends, yeah, and like they're like the loser geeks of the camp, and yep. they're like sort of ostracized group, and she gets them in like hit a wheelchair, kid, you yeah, know yeah, what I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah. to just sort of like sabotage the like picture perfect pageant. Yeah, you know Thanksgiving pageant thing that they do. It's great. It's I, funny, I do associate it with a camp movie. You know? I like those movies, and it was right in my age of like being a kid. And yeah, you know Adam's Family One and Two were big movies I would watch as a kid for they sure. They were good, especially. I mean, they were good. Yeah, ninety three. I thought it was like more like ninety five, ninety six. Because then when was the first one? It must have been like nineteen ninety. I think it was like ninety ninety one. Yeah. Well, you know it's ninety ninety one when MC Hammer did like the the soundtrack. That's right. You're right. And there's a video. Yes, I watched the video originally. Right. It's horrible. But the actors are in it. The actors are in the they MC are Hammer in it. video. I remember that. They do what they want to do. Ding and ding and say what they want to say. Ding and ding and But the movie was fun. Both movies are fun. Um, Great hey, movies. I wanted to say a special thing because um, in regards to the Friday the Thirteenth, I wanted to mention that our very dear friend. Erwin Keyes was in Friday the 13th and he we, was. we just we lost him recently. He recently passed away. He passed away a month ago. Erwin Keyes. So and not that recently, but it, <laughs> the news came when the first day we got to Comic-Con. Or not even a month now. Not even a month. Yeah. Not a full month. No, maybe like three, three weeks. weeks. And the news came suddenly as it often does and we were literally driving to Comic-Con yep. for the four fucking days of like whirlwind days. Yeah. And it was weird because he would go to Comic-Con every, every year. Every year he had a table and he signed autographs. And You'd recognize him. We, we interviewed we him. We did an interview. There's a full pa- podcast and he talks about his experience on Friday the 13th yep. amongst and House of Thousand Corpses and yep. uh, you know, the Exterminator movies. All the television he's done. He Laverne was an incredible man. So sweet. So giving. Just full of life. We, you know, He had an accident um, about a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. Damaged his back really badly and his legs he wasn't <laughs> walking his legs. he was in a wheelchair and he was in a uh facility that like a group rehab home, facility rehab. but i guess we didn't realize how he was really quiet about the fact well, he was that in it such was, good spirits that was he the was weird in thing. great spirits like, yeah i'll be back on my feet in no time yeah. i'll be back you know doing the circuit when i got some jobs i want to do i got a movie that i want to write and he had like I I, at the end of their thing he's like i have a rap song rap album i want to do well he did his little rap for us he sang the rap in the thing you gotta it's it's weird because it's keep that dog alive keep that dog alive yeah and he's like rapping it it's like such a it's like kind of sad now yeah i know to think about (laughs) yeah it's kind of really sad it's heartbreaking because we adored him and so it's one of those things i'm glad we did it because it's like you get to document all the stuff that he did with his (laughs) life 
and have it where people can come and listen to it and like yeah. you find out more about this man now that he's gone so suddenly like we do the interview is six months later not even i know it's I really sad it. It, it was it was a heartbreaking uh, yeah loss. completely uh it's not there was no message like Irwin's really sick or you know like come no. you know I, I mean i honestly was shocked his sister gave a lovely memorial yeah you um, went to the memorial right yeah. yeah i think i was working and um it was you know his very dear friends who he had a lot of very lifelong friends from the who, industry from of the like industry, actor, yeah, fellow character actors, actors who came and spoke and made a little movie about his life and his last film that he worked on and it's um and he was an artist too remember he had a painting that was in the facility he they was put at? it up on the wall yeah, and like they put the, up on the walkway wall, in the uh, office the duck painting yeah he was a good yeah. painter for fuck's sakes oh my god yeah it's it was so, really i'm glad we got to spend the time we did when we would go to see him like outside of the interviewing him right. just go bring him he loved coffee and donuts or coffee and cookies and just yeah. listen to him talk and listen to some of these stories he had you know it was cool Great stories. I mean, I met him at Pete's probably, you know, 15 years ago, 12, 13 yeah. years ago. And you've we, known where him. We all used to hang out up at from the, the coffee, coffee shop. Circuit, yeah. And he was just such shop. a lovely man. And we became good friends. And he was good natured till the fucking end. <clears throat> I know. Like he never, ha- and no, never had was, anything like get to him. He was never no, like, was oh, a, I need uh, to get out of here. I need to buy. He was always like, how are you? No, no, he was, was always really happy to see us. When yeah, we happy to, to see him. everybody. Yep. Like, he was just a good spirited man. So, so we we'll uh, miss you, man. We miss you, Irwin. Yeah, Here's we miss you. Irwin. And I think that just about does it. That, that does it for note. Yeah, no, note. let's make it a happy note because a happy note, Irwin would want it to be left on a happy note. He, and he was. He did yeah. leave on a happy note. Yeah, he did. So yeah, that that'll be it for tonight. Our audience, thank you for tuning into the Herald of Modcast. Uh, rest in peace, Erwin Keys. We love we you love very you, much. We love you, Erwin. Yeah, and see you guys soon. Thanks for listening. See ya. Hey there, this is Erwin Keys. I want you all to listen to the Harold and Maud Show. And you better be there because I'm going to be there, and it's going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> Check it out, guys. Check it out. Heheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheh